Welcome to another episode of the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the people building and experiencing the future of health. On today's episode, we want to welcome Brianna Decker, Team USA Olympic ice hockey captain, three-time Olympic medalist, and world champion. Welcome, Brianna. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I'd love to get started uh, just hearing a little bit more about how how did you get started in hockey? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town, Dallas, Wisconsin, about 1,500 people. Um, I have three brothers, so two older, one younger, and they basically got me into playing hockey. I, uh, you know, kind of started playing street hockey with them a little bit more, um, out on the pond, um, when we could, but the unique, the, the unique part is that, uh, my parents never played hockey. So it was kind of a new sport for our whole family once my older brothers started playing. Definitely. But I'm guessing in Wisconsin, there's a lot of other people who, who play as well. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It was, um, it's obviously a big sport, um, around our area. But um, yeah, my brothers were out on the pond one day and my, you know, people came up to my parents and were like, hey, you should get them into hockey. And so um, then when I came along, I just kind of followed suit and wanted to do whatever my brothers were um, into. And how old were you when you started? I started playing when three, four years old. So it's been pretty much my whole life. Definitely. Um, so you started when you were three and then you ended up playing at Wisconsin. Is that right? Yeah, I played, I, I mean, when I was younger, I had always wanted to play at the University of Wisconsin. Um, and before that, I went to Shattuck St. Mary's um, prep school in Minnesota. And I am now back coaching there, which is kind of, everything's kind of come full circle. But um, yeah, I had a dream of play at University of Wisconsin. Um, I followed the Badgers my whole childhood. And then to be able to play there uh, for four years was incredible. And then you joined Team USA after you were playing there. Is that right? Um, so I actually, so I had the opportunity to play for Team USA in high school too, actually, um, for the U18 national team. And then, um, I obviously through my career at Wisconsin, I was able to, you play, you can play on the national team as well. So I played, um, on the national team all throughout college as well. That's great. And kind of fast forward from three-year-old to now, you're one of the most decorated female hockey players, um, both throughout college and your experience with the national team. Would love to talk a little bit more about what it takes to to get there um, in terms of your routine and and how you think about your health. When you think about kind of training, um, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's crazy to think like over I'm 30, I'm going to be 32 in the spring here. Um, and your training and what becomes important changes over your career. I think when you're in college, you really typically care about on ice performance, probably the weight room, getting a lot of strength. Um, and as much as I would love to have said like my nutrition and sleep, I really cared about in college. I probably didn't really focus in on that until after college. I think it was just hard with studies and trying to get everything done. Uh, your mind's going everywhere. But I, you know, I felt after college, I really took, um, you know, nutrition and sleep really took priority in my life. And obviously the training had to, I had to keep up with that. But on a daily basis, um, it's making sure I'm getting those eight to, you know, eight to 10 hours of sleep every night um, to be able to train at my best performance. And then what's feeling my body is what's going to feel me on the ice, which is going to be the output that I have from an um, on-ice standpoint. And so, um, some of the, like I said, some of that stuff takes a little bit of maturity and realizing that every little bit matters. Every part of your routine matters in order to capture what you want. And so some of that um, took a hit probably a little bit, a little bit more in college, or I didn't focus in on that. But as I was out of college, everything kind of settled in. And I realized what was really important. 
No, that makes sense. And I think that's the same for professional athletes and just regular people like me, where in college, you don't have to pay attention to it quite as much. But as we get older, our bodies start to break down and there's some various things we need to really focus on. Uh, would love to dig in a little deeper on your on your sleep. Is there anything from a kind of morning or evening routine that you do to really ensure you're getting that eight, nine, 10 hours? Um, especially at night, I tend to obviously stay off, stay off my phone. Like I usually have to be like, okay, this is a time where I'm like, I need to wind down. No phone. Um, I like to drink tea too at night. I know it sounds old and makes me sound like a grandma at times, but, um, definitely gets me, you know, I think the more routine I can have going to bed, um, you know, it's telling my body you're, you know, you're ready for sleep. Um, and from a waking up standpoint, um, I walk my dog actually before bed and when I wake up in the morning and again, it goes back to the routine and what your body, you know, is used to. And the more strict you can have a routine, the more, you know, the body, your body's going to rest, um, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I think it's what's hard is sometimes those late nights when, you know, you decide you want to stay up later, um, when things kind of get messed up. But, um, again, the more strict you can be as being off your phone, you know, not watching TV, not having those, those sources available to you and putting them away at the right times. It helps with a lot of my sleep routine. Definitely. And is there anything else that you do when you wake up in the morning to set yourself up for the day? You mentioned walking your dog. Is there any other kind of rituals or routines that you really uh, are strict with? Yeah, mine's pretty, I have it down to a T. I mean, I wake up um, right now. And so I'm, uh, when I'm, like I said, I'm back coaching and uh, we practice at 6.50 in the morning. So I'm up really early around like 5, 5.30. Uh, I make my cup of coffee and go on my walk with my dog. So coffee is like a must for me. <laughs> um, and then obviously making sure taking my vitamins, taking everything to um, get my body kind of kicked off for the day. And then, um, like I said, I think the biggest thing for me is just getting, you know, getting up, getting the coffee and getting the walk in. Definitely. Uh, super simple kind of action steps, but if you can do them every day and, and kind of set yourself up, it sounds like it works. Is there anything else kind of as you think about maintaining energy throughout the day? Obviously, there's a lot of demands on your body, especially when you're training, but also when you're coaching. Um, is there anything else that you do throughout the day that really helps you stay at that peak performance? Yeah, I think for me, um, staying hydrated is one of the biggest things. Um, drinking a lot of water and making sure my body is feeling good in that aspect of things the best part about training and working out is like as exhausting as it can be. Sometimes it's one of the things that kicks me through the day. Um, being active is one of those things that help, um, you know, keep me awake and keep my body going throughout the day. Um, but I like between training and coaching, obviously my day is pretty busy, so I don't have too much time. Um, but the one thing that I try to get in if I can, um, is a nap as an afternoon nap. And sometimes it's the 20 to 30 minute, uh, cat naps, I call them. Uh, that get me through the rest of my day. I love it. If I could take a nap every day, I would. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, tough. The schedule doesn't always allow it, obviously. <laughs> definitely. Um, and what is your kind of philosophy around your your exercise? When are you moving? What are you doing? What's your routine look like? Yeah, I'm like, a, I'm definitely a morning type gal when it comes to um, working out. I think I get the best out of my training when it is in the morning, um, whether it's on ice or off ice. I think it's it's the challenging part is when you have to have, have to skate or work out in the afternoon just based on the schedule. Um, but for that from that standpoint, it's more of a mental, um, you know, the mental strain that it is. With your, you know, like I said, like sometimes the afternoons you can get exhausting from a long morning. Um, but like I said, I get the best of my training in the morning, whether that's um, 
you know, obviously get in the weight room. I think uh, my body's at its best um, from the hours of like, you know, 8.30 a.m. to 11, any time in that range. I'm like dialed in and focused, um, you know, put the headphones in, put the music on and get to work. And do you have any sort of kind of weekly Mondays I do this, Tuesdays I do this, breakdown between weight training, cardio, any other, um, or does it change based on whether you're kind of playing or coaching? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's changed over my career. And all I mean, our uh, my office program definitely changed over my career, whatever I needed more power, more strength um, training compared to, you know, more quickness and speed training. And so a lot of that has changed over my career. Um, I think when I was younger, I did a lot more weightlifting, getting them, you know, building muscle. Um, so I'm able to then work off that muscle. But one thing that I definitely don't skip out on is um, cardio, just because um, I've realized that like when you're now that we're, I'm out of college and in the professional setting, it's harder to get the game-like feel because we don't play as many games. And so um, being able to get that cardiovascular um, training in every single day is super important. So I'm feeling fit and ready to go when I have tournaments um, for USA. So. Yeah. And skating is, is tough work. Uh, my brother was a college hockey player and it's, uh, I grew up watching him, uh, and the amount of cardio and effort that it takes to kind of do those, uh, sprints on the ice is, is insane. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's like, it's the one thing that's really tough about it is like, there's nothing that compares to it. Like you can be on the bike or you can do sprints and, or hill sprints or anything like that. And nothing compares to the on ice training. So, um, that is one of the most challenging parts about being, professional hockey player is being able to somehow correlate something that you know works off ice that it is on the um to the on ice definitely and how have you thought about nutrition kind of over the course of your career I know you mentioned in college you weren't paying as much attention to it but then you started um so what does your nutrition and supplement routine really look like yeah um I mean basically like I said like however you feel your body is how you're gonna um output is going to be on the ice for practices and games and so um, again, focusing on hydration, but then also, um, I'm a huge breakfast person. Like I don't like to miss out on breakfast. So making sure I'm getting the right amount of protein. I'm, I stick to eggs quite a bit. Um, and eggs and oatmeal and, you know, steel cut oats, things like that. Um, and then for lunch, um, depending on training, it's, you know, obviously I have to make sure I'm getting quick protein and carbs in after training. And then dinners, I stick to, um, more so just like a meat, a fish anything like that with salads and, um, you know, some sort of rice or something like that. But I try to um, kind of plan out my meals throughout the week, not necessarily, um, you know, people do actually meal prep and put them in containers and whatnot. I'm not maybe, I'm, I'm not one to really do that, but I'm one to make sure I kind of have things set for the week, obviously, because the week gets pretty busy. So my Sundays usually consume of me making sure I have those meals ready. Definitely. And nutrition is such an important part of making sure you're sleeping well and making sure you're fueling your body so that you can do all those workouts and, and those on ice uh, kind of cardio um, skating and all of uh, everything that really you put your body through. Um, in terms of um, supplementation, is that something that you have done throughout your career? Is it um, newer? I know you mentioned you take your vitamins in the morning. Um, what else are you kind of paying attention to there? Yeah, um, I think that's one that's one big thing um, that I've always kind of done is always have had some sort of vitamin. Um, and it is like we we are able to get our blood work done um, every single year from USA Hockey and realize our deficiencies and 
what we need to get better at. Um, and obviously iron's a huge one, especially for female athletes and making sure that we're supplementing that. So that's kind of one of my, you know, one of the regular things that I focus in on. Um, and then obviously with vitamin D and vitamin C and all those things, like there's so many different vitamins that our body needs and we're not getting it enough, um, depending one, depending on the season, whether it's summer or winter or fall or whatever. And then also, um, just like depending on the type of training we're doing, like sometimes we just need a little bit more of something um, than another thing. And so uh, I, I focus in on that stuff because I know that like the smallest thing, again, the smallest thing can make a huge difference in your training and your performance. And so um, I always tell athletes now that I'm coaching, I always tell the girls, I'm like, whatever's going to give you that edge, like take advantage of it. And so um, whether it's supplements, whether it's vitamins, whether it's, um, your nutrition, your off-ice training, your on-ice training, your mental performance, like all those things really matter um, to get that edge and don't let something hinder you if it doesn't have to. Yeah. And it sounds like you t- you're taking a very personalized approach. You're getting the your blood work done. You're kind of thinking about what you need based on what your body's doing at that time for training. Uh, is there any other products or tools that you use to collect data to understand what's going on in your body and really help um, – inform those decisions around what you're doing from your nutrition sleep yeah i mean besides besides obviously um using routine as my my vitamins i i usually use an apple watch or an aura ring uh two things one that track my sleep and activity um those are a couple things that i just tend to use because like again like sleep falls into that category of being at your best and so um those types of tools like help. I know a lot of people use whoop. Um, those are different, t- again, tools that help. I think anything to gauge, um, you know, stats don't lie and things like that. You can gauge your performance off of. Um, it definitely helps. And if your body's not at its best to go in out there and train that day, then you're not going to get the best out of your training. Um, but then there's always that balance of, you know, training when you're tired and how's your body going to react and you're going to be able to push through it from a mental standpoint. So um, I, I love any tool that helps. Like I said, I want to get that edge. No, definitely makes sense. <laughs> and I know, unfortunately, that you got went through an injury um, during the the latest Olympics. How has your kind of routine changed as you're focusing on recovery um, and coming out of that that injury? Yeah, I mean, I definitely had to supplement a lot more things. Um, collagen was one of my like best friends during my recovery. Obviously, I, I broke my leg, so um, there's a lot of I, calcium was obviously a huge one that came into came into the picture. Um, but collagen, I've I've had a lot of. I think it's super important, especially as you get older and you're an athlete who might go through some of those injuries. Um, collagen just seems to be something that helps with those small tissues and obviously helps with the the hair, nails, all that stuff too. So I don't mind that. But um, from an injury standpoint, when I was injured, it was just really taking it day by day and making sure that I'm doing whatever I can to help help my body. Um, and again, it, like I can't um, talk enough about how much sleep is really important and staying away from, you know, things that aren't very good for you, like alcohol and things like that. Um, all those, that is one thing I think, you know, when I was old enough to drink in college, it's like if you go through any injury or any tweak, like alcohol is such a bad and has such a bad effect on the body that like you have to stay away from those things, especially when you're recovering from injury. And it's probably the hardest thing because at that point you probably are like, oh, well, I'm not playing anyways. I might go have a drink. And it's like 
those are, I mean, that's this is just the real me talking here, but it's it's really it's a thing that I think athletes do end up going through. Um, and I think for me, like when I was going through all my recovery, it was really important for me to like stay on task and realize that like what's again, what's putting in my what I'm putting in my body, how I'm getting if I'm getting enough rest, all that stuff's gonna affect how quick I'm going to be able to recover. And it sounds like this is also kind of a mental game. Um, obviously, you're a professional athlete. There's a mental component of this, especially as you're going through injury and recovery. How do you stay on top of your mental health? Do you have any routines or anything that you do to to really help you stay focused? Yeah, I would say, you know, going through the injury that I had at the Olympics, that was probably um, the spring, last spring basically was probably my hardest um, part of my life from a mental standpoint. Um no athlete wants to work work hard and get to the Olympics and get injured the first um, game for myself or get hurt in your first event at the Olympics. It's super, it was super tough, um, really hard to accept. And, um, you know, I think being over there with my teammates, a lot of that helped. But um, from a mental standpoint, I'm a huge um, believer in that, like, the game is 100% mental. And so luckily I had a really strong like background as far as um, working with someone, um, again, taking it day by day. I think one thing that um, a lot of athletes who deal with injury, they don't really recognize until they're going through it is that like everyone really cares and checks in for the first like two to three weeks of when you're injured. But after that, I mean, everyone's got to move on with their life and figure out things. And so you kind of, you end up having this like lonely road that you have to kind of deal with. And um, one, you can't be afraid to reach out to people, but it's definitely having someone you can always reach out to and having somebody who's going to help you through that mental game. That's going to make a difference for you every single day. And so, um, I surrounded myself with great people, family, friends, um, but then was staying in touch with, um, a sports psychologist that really helped me get through, um, especially the spring. Um, and as soon as I had a goal, uh, my goal set every single week as far as um, going through rehab. The first couple of weeks were tough because I was in a cast. So I really couldn't do much. But um, after that, it was like I wanted to be able to run by June 1st. And um, I was able to do that. And so that was a pretty exciting moment for myself. Yeah, setting those goals when you're injured is is so important because the day-to-day, especially early, is is really hard. Um, so making sure you have that and, and have that focus. So it's great that you were able to you were able to get there. Um, yeah. Beyond the kind of the mental aspects that we just talked about, um, stress plays a big role in a lot of our lives, especially in today's world. Uh, is there anything that you do um, as an athlete, as a coach to make sure you're kind of on top of your own stress and and getting to the peak performance that you want to be at? Yeah, I think like, whether, yeah, whether I'm coaching or I'm playing, I think, yeah, stress can obviously get to us. Um, I look at it as like, recognize when you have stress, and recognize that you need to take a break if you can. And um, it can be an afternoon. It can be, um, I think, like, the one thing as adults and as, and as athletes that we don't do is um, realize that even two hours of something not work-related or not sport-related, in my case, can make the biggest difference. And it can be a coffee date with someone you haven't seen in a long time. Um, anything that's going to refresh you, per se. And stress can build up really quick. Um, but for me, it's like, I do things such as walk my dog. Like that is a thing where it's like, it's me, myself, my dog, um, don't need to talk to anybody. I can listen to music if I want, or I can just, you know, take in the surroundings and like, those are ways for me to release stress. And so for me, the biggest lesson I've learned, I'm like, if you need to have, 
stress relief, you should have a you should have a dog because <laughs> it helps so much. And I, I got her during COVID, and so that really helped a lot. I'm in 100% agreement with that. I also <laughs> have a dog. Uh, it just is harder. And I mean, you live in Wisconsin, so you should. Yeah. I I shouldn't be complaining, but I think it's harder in the winter um, to get out, especially since it my is. dog hates the cold and oh, yeah. anything wet or snowy. Um, but I love that. I think that that makes so much sense, and it it sounds like kind of not talking to people while walking is is such a key to that whether you're just out with your own thoughts or listening to music too it allows your your mind that time to reset that it really needs plus we all know movement is is so important um as we think about overall health but especially mental health um and you've mentioned so kind of thinking about what's next for you um you went through an injury it sounds like you're recovering you're coaching what is the next kind of year or two look like for you yeah, I haven't fully decided yet um, if I'm going to officially retire or, um, you know, not play yet. I really enjoy hockey. I miss competing at the highest level. As I don't feel like I'm quite ready to be back yet. Um, so there's a lot of things I miss about it. I really, really enjoy what I'm doing as far as coaching. I'm Like I said, I'm back at Shattuck St. Mary's, um, the school basically in my career that um, it was probably the biggest like pivotal moment in my career. If I didn't, didn't attend Shattuck St. Mary's, I wouldn't have had the success I had. So being back here and being able to have an impact on some of the kids that are going through and have a goal set to play for their country one day and play in the Olympics, like it's a really unique and great opportunity for me to be back. So I'm soaking my first season, full season in as, as a coach. I'm soaking that in every single day. And, um, you know, I just got off of coaching um assistant coaching the U18 women's national team at their world championships and so if I have you know the next one or two years I hopefully continue to coach and continue to make an impact on kids lives and help develop them into um players and great college players and so that's kind of what my outlook looks like I guess right now and if I can get continue to get more involved with USA hockey from a coaching standpoint if I decide not to play anymore like that would be um incredible it's such a great kind of mission to think about how can you how can you give back how can you kind of stay involved in the sport um if you do if you do decide not to kind of continue on your own career that way um to really help people in the next generation uh and on that note as you think about the the people that you're coaching is there any advice that you would give them or give your younger self as you think about what it would take to kind of make that next generation of of team USA yeah, I mean, I think I, I tell the kids, um, you know, the ones that I coach, just coach at U18s, um, that again, like every little detail matters. Um, and if you want to break down your game from an on-ice standpoint, like every little detail matters. If you, you know, your nutrition, your sleep, you know, how hard you work out, your mental game. Um, like I mentioned before, like mental game is one of the, I realize is one of the biggest components uh, of being successful and being an elite athlete. And so, um, so, you know, if I were to tell my younger self, if I tell these young kids, it'd be that like every detail matters and you can't take a moment to not think that one of them matters because at the end of the day, it's the difference between winning a gold medal and a silver medal at the Olympics. Definitely. And as you think about that future of what you described, which is really precision health and, and thinking about what your body specifically needs to perform at its, its optimal level, is there anything that you're excited about or any trends that you've seen um, that you're hoping become more mainstream or hoping are more available to those those kids that you're coaching you know i i think just the ability to i 
the one thing that you know the world does lack in a lot of ways is, is female role models and so just continue to have more female role models come up um, within sport within you know even out of sport within companies I think that's super important for these kids to recognize that like they can become one of us one day um, and that's the biggest thing for me like being back here and coaching it's like I'm a visible role model for them and um, I would have done anything to be able to have um, you know, a Team USA player come back from the Olympics and coach me when I was in high school. Um, granted, I had one of the best coaches out there. He's incredible, and I'm back coaching with him now, so I can say that. But um, I think just being able to have um, female role models and having uh, putting us in scenarios that are, have, are having a direct impact on kids. No, that makes so much sense. And I, I couldn't agree more coming from the the business world too, where I think it's less than 2% and decreasing uh, of VC mm-hmm. funding is going to female founders. Um, the the percentage of female CEOs and kind of all those people at, at the performance on, on the business side. Um, I want more female mentors uh, there as well and, and helping to elevate more female voices uh, through a number of things that I do also. Um, and on that note, I uh, would love to hear a little bit more about how people can find you. Um, are you online? Are you on Twitter? Uh, how can how can people connect with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm most active, I would say, on Instagram. Um, I am on Twitter too, but I, I really don't go on there as much. I probably should go on there a little bit more often. Um, but yeah, mostly, mostly Instagram. Um, and like I said, as much as I should be more active on social media, it's, um, you know, I love social media for so many different reasons. And <laughs> in other ways, I think sometimes it's nice to take a break and not be on it as much. But um, yeah, I'm an Instagram gal. And that's kind of what I focus on. Great. Well, uh, for everyone listening, uh, please go to Instagram and find uh, Brianna there. Uh, and thanks so much for, for joining us today. This was a great conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Madden and Mitchell Media.